0: Jason Wilson, in his best-selling book, Cry Like a Man, Emancipation from Emotional Incarceration, said that every boy needs a crew, every man needs camaraderie and a safe space to not only express his emotions, but also release them, venting his cares to someone who cares. In an effort to create a space where brothers could connect in a no-judgment zone and just share, the you good bro God idea was birthed. You Good Bro is the nation's number one gathering for black men to become the best versions of themselves through a monthly convening of like-minded brothers who fellowship in a private, safe space for transparency, vulnerability and liberation. Here, we embrace the realities of being black men while strategizing on how to be better examples of what healthy manhood is. With emphasis on men, especially black men, and our inability to communicate, cope and cultivate relationships in a healthy manner, The You Good Bro podcast is created, powered by Anchor and sponsored by the main initiative. The goal of the number one podcast in the world is to keep You Good Bro the household name it has become, liberating brothers from across the country. Let's keep the conversation going, brothers. Peace.
1: All right. Welcome, welcome to the newest episode of UGB. I know y'all missed us. We missed y'all, too. We back. Um, You got Stephen McGee here.
0: Yeah, hey, what's up everybody? Jasmine Spain, founder, of CBO, main initiative, founder and CBO of You Good Bro Incorporated.
2: What's going on? It's Kenneth Jonah, aka T J, uh, owner of Therapeutic Interactions Counseling Services and God Sent Production. We in the building.
1: Oh. Cool. All right. So it's been a minute since we've uh, we've been on recorded session. Um but we here. I know it's been a lot that's happened. I'm sure in your personal lives, but especially on on the grand scheme of things, with coronavirus, COVID-19, all of that. Um, and the subject today will sure um, relate. Everybody will be a, be able to relate to it in some instance, some more so than others, especially in recent times. Um, but we're talking about grief and loss today, um, from a male perspective, a black male perspective. Um, mm-hmm. And so I know, like I said, a lot of us have experienced it at at some point in time, but um, we have a member of the team that's actually experienced it pretty frequent um, over the last couple months, more than anybody would like to. Um, Jazz, talk about your experience with with grief and loss, maybe not from your perspective so much, but just in general, like for your family.
0: Yeah, um, man, since December, uh, I've had six deaths in the family. Here we are in August. So that's roughly, you know, what I mean, every other month there's been a death in the family. Um, down to, you know, my first cousin um, on my dad's side, man, uh, my oldest uncle, uh, his son. So he's my first cousin. He passed away. Um, he was found in a uh, in a hotel room, man, overdosed um, on drugs, man. Uh, that was the uh, top of December. Then my aunt. If you don't know, I. I was raising a house uh, for a while with ten women, man, and uh, I'm being the only male. Well, one of my aunts that lived in the house, she kind of helped raise me as well. Um, she's one of those aunts, man, that was old enough to help raise my mom. So if you know how the game go, uh, if any of y'all got any aunts um, or uncles where they had older, uh, your parents had older siblings, they kind of helped raise your parents or something yeah. like that. Um, she passed away from cancer on Christmas morning, like uh, because she had cancer. You know, the past few years, that were where, that's where we would probably go on ho- for holidays is go over to mm-hmm. you know to the rest home, uh, where she was at senior home, sorry, to the senior home where she was at, and um, spend the holiday there. Well, um, that morning, you know, uh, Christmas morning, my mother came in and she was like, you know, your your aunt Lee is gone, going to heaven, you know what I mean? And so, um, and so we buried her on. Um, on New Year's Day, well, a week or two later after that, my cousin that lived two houses down from my mom, she passed away um then mind you and and I when I say I've had six deaths in the family Kobe now for y'all who you know who really like both of you all y'all are, are avid hoop fans, grew up playing ball, and at our age, you know you you actually saw Kobe from the time Kobe was. And Lower Marion going to the prom with Brandy. Uh, the draft, winning the dunk contest, air balls in the playoffs against Utah, uh, <laughs> joining up with Shaq, then winning the title three times. The breakup, him and Shaq going through the rift, him teaming up with Powell because David Stern let the draft, the trade go through. Man, that was crazy. Um, <laughs> down to, winning those two uh, titles after that, then, you know you know and even I'm not even going to go into the Utah think God rest the dead man but long story short losing Kobe I felt like I lost somebody because you, you know you saw him grow up you know what yeah. I'm saying and sure. Kobe wasn't too far removed from us in age either you know and right. so um losing Kobe that was tough um fast forward about um 2 months um then I lost you know uh, um I lost another cousin um, which was was very unfortunate man um, and then you know um, my my uh, my uncle my dad the, the cousin that I told you about in the beginning that uh, was found in the hotel room he had mm-hmm. cancer and his dad had cancer and so that's my dad's oldest brother so just buried him um buried wow. him father's day weekend um and so man it's it's just been kind of ongoing you know and so I haven't, you know, just thinking about over the last, you know, talk, talk about different stages of grief. I just put it this way I ain't even got to stage one, I don't think, yet, man. I'm still in the process of being numb, you know what I mean? So I haven't gone through any process of grief. Um, I've just been kind of, you know, just, just living and going, just hoping that nobody else goes, you know? So that's been my experiences recently, man. And, you know, and just, just hoping nobody else that's that's else. tough man
1: yeah that that's definitely tough um I feel for you with all of those losses not just for you but for your family mm-hmm. it's a lot to take in <clears throat> and like you said you haven't even really had enough time to process one before you've had to process several right so let me ask you this how do how does that how do you feel like you deal with that as a man or how does that How do you process that? Like, because I know for me with dealing with grief, um, I know two years ago we had to deal with the loss of uh, my wife's great aunt. She was a, a huge staple in the family. And so we had our own personal relationship. And so it's almost like I wanted to grieve, but I really didn't necessarily know how to grieve because I was trying to be strong for my wife and be strong for the rest of the family. Have you experienced any of those things in your situations? Um I I've
0: never I haven't at any point felt like I've had to be strong for anybody else. Um I just felt like I needed to be there for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, if that makes any sense. So um I'm one of the brothers in the family, man, who's um I, I mean that that's responsible. I'm just going to be honest about it. I'm I'm one of the responsible ones in the family. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we, I I don't know if any of you all have had opportunities to kind of take a look at where you are right now. And then you look at back, back in the day when you were younger and you had cousins, um, that were older than you who were like very, very successful in school, Mm -hmm. um, very successful in sports, et cetera. And you looked at them and you were like, yo, they're going to really, really be something. You know what I'm saying? And then as you get older, it, it seems like, you know, and they, and they, it's almost like when you get older, for some reason either they got hooked on drugs, started mm-hmm. to get locked up and you be like, damn, what happened? You know what I'm saying? And so yeah. at that point it, I became like, it's not to say that I never was responsible. I never received it being responsible. It was just the fact that I had reached that point where, okay, after the, you know, the smoke cleared, jasmine is responsible so that Mm -hmm. means that jasmine is going to be here for all of the funerals help carry the casket Jasmine's gonna make sure that the casket gets to the grave you know what i Mm -hmm. mean you know that that kind of of work so me being there and being present has been more so my role except i had to double up when my dad's brother passed away um that's where i had to be strong for him Mm -hmm. um because him I, your father, right? my father, um, because my father's has five brothers. All right. Three of them have passed from cancer. Well, two of them have passed from cancer. Um, one of them passed from an aneurysm and it's just him and another one of his brothers. Um, and so for my father, he, he didn't, I don't, he didn't have to tell me he didn't want to have to make that trip to Virginia beach to be there. You know what I mean? He didn't want to do it. He can give me any excuses he wants to. That brother is scared, you know what I mean? Because he didn't have his mother and father who passed from cancer. He got two brothers who passed from cancer. You know what I mean? And so every everything is like, you know. I, Get I, close I, to home. Exactly. And so when that went down, you know, the main thing is always where's Jazz, where's Jazz, where's Jazz. So here I am covering him, you know, because in his absence, for one, but two because I'm the responsible one but three because this Negro here doesn't want to keep it 100 and say Jazz you know um, I just don't feel comfortable I don't feel Mm -hmm. good about doing it you know what I mean which is fine Mm -hmm. to a degree Um, because I have no problem stepping in that that capacity but what it did was it required me to be present you know what I mean and so I've never Mm -hmm. had a chance to process and I never had to be strong but I had to well for his case I had to be strong for him but being present is what I've always had to do. So, as a man, you know what I mean. In my situation, man i I didn't have to put up any walls. You know what I'm saying? It, it, I, I'm just so accustomed to doing, doing, doing. That's that's been my wall, if that makes any sense. And so that to better answer your question. Okay. So, well, who's looking
1: out for you? Who's checking in on you? Um,
0: I got. If I share it. Then I, you know, people will ask, but I just like, you know, being being very hypocritical, just being honest. Um, you know, it's it's when we say it's okay to say that we're not okay, so that we can get though that that support that we need to be okay. Um, I I don't generally share it, just like any other brother that just feels like, yo, I'm not going to share it because for one, I don't want to be a burden. Number two, I ain't never really bought into the fact of being weak. Um, but I look at it as if I don't share, you got enough going on in your life that you don't need to know about my problems. You know what I'm saying? Because you got your own issues to deal with. Life deals us, you know, bullshit a lot, you know? And so to take on somebody else's stuff, um, regardless of how you see it, you know what I mean? For me, I look at it like, you know, I'll get through it. I'll be able to deal with it if it ain't, you know, a matter of life and death. Everything will be all right. So to answer your question, unless I say something, nobody. And if I do say something, knowing me, I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a, I'm a shrug it off and keep it 100. I'm going to shrug that joint off. You, you know,
2: you know, if we want on this podcast, you know, <laughs>
0: choose and choose
2: and right this but I'm gonna let it live in front of the people because <laughs> we had the conversation. No, we, did. we had the conversation, <laughs> but um, it, it, it kind of uh gives me appreciate leeway it. to kind of right, it, right, right. <laughs> it. it kind of gives me uh leeway to kind of lead into the next step. Uh, and, and it's crazy because it reminds me of 2010 when I lost my father, mm. and um. Same situation, where it was like, kept busy. I was always used to going, being on the go, never sat still. And I was numb to it. So people were like, man, you doing all right? You holding up? Same situation where it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. And I really didn't feel the heavy feelings. But then when I realized this, not sitting down and really giving myself time to just sitting those emotions and those feelings, it came back to Hunt. Um, and then when it came back around, I had to sit with it. And it, it came at a time, once it came out, it wanted a time that was best for me. So when I say that, that to man. say, right, right. Well, <laughs> you're right. You're right. But I didn't have the opportunity mm-hmm. to take the break or because, you know, when you mm-hmm. lose people, a lot of times you can take the time from work and um, mm-hmm. they have those policies in place. And it was kind of like, now you got to deal with it. And you don't have any cushion. You don't have any mm-hmm. um, safety line, so to speak. But um, my my statement to Jazz would be just encouraging them to make sure that he gives himself that time to just kind of sit by himself to kiss feel it. Um, I don't got to say much past that. Like I said, uh, we, we had this conversation and we've had it before, but um, we all kind of got that same mentality where it's like, you know, we good. We don't want to place nothing on anybody else. And and I think me and you share that sentiment heavy where it's like we go big for other people, mm-hmm. but then we don't a lot of times want to pull on anybody right. sometimes to come back yeah. to bite in the back.
1: That's real. So so I, I know agree. Jay you, you you talked about stages of grief. You said you don't even know if you've really gotten to the first stage. Yeah. So what are the stages of grief for those who don't know?
0: I'm a I'm gonna lean on Ken on this one right here, man, because I don't remember them uh step by step. Um I remember studying it um while I was in grad school and I remember, you know, um you know, even talking about it with with folks after the afterward, man. But as far as the remember remembering it word for word or step by step, I wouldn't, man. But if you had to ask me, without having to put a theoretical framework in place, man, shoot, um, it's it's is um, naive. <laughs> A stage, you know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? I don't
2: know. Ken, what, what, what's the, how, how, does the, how does the stages go, Ken? So uh, it's five stages. And mm-hmm. the first initial stage is denial. So that one is the one that's slated. So it's like the first one and the fifth one are slated in place. The ones in between can kind of be in- interchangeable depending on your process. But the first step is denial, which is self-explanatory. Um, you just don't acknowledge the fact that it's happened. So you might hear somebody saying something like, man, I call that phone every day so I can hear that voicemail, or uh, it just don't seem real. I just can't believe it. Mm -hmm. And then the second, third, and fourth stages in no particular order are depression, anger, and bargaining. Mm -hmm. And depression and anger are pretty much self-explanatory. Bargaining, for those that don't know, would be the idea of I'll do anything to have them back. Um, that type of idea so you might engage in actions that show that or it might just be that mindset of god why didn't you take me or um sometimes the guilt feeling can come out like if i would have did this then they wouldn't have been gone and right. then uh once you work through those three in acceptance is the ultimate goal where you just realize like okay this is my new norm and, it it's, time it adjust, right? and it's, it's time to adjust, right and it's time to adjust. And let me get my mindset
0: straight for what it's going to look like moving forward. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense the way you know after you broke it down. Um, so if you had to ask me that question one more time, I would I would say at an acceptance. And and I'll tell you, um, when it comes to death, um, my, you know, my my thoughts on death is a a bit interesting. Um, as somebody who's dealt with suicidal ideations, um, kind of laid out a plan, all of that, man, as somebody who didn't follow through with it. Um, when I think about death, man, it doesn't, it doesn't frighten me. Um, not saying that I'm not scared to die. I know that it's going to happen. And I know that for everybody, um, when it happens, I mean, it's not one of those things where, um, I find myself, you know, questioning God or, you know, finding myself um, like any of these first four stages. I I just accept it for what it is because I know what's going to happen. Do I have times where when I'm at a funeral, um, do I sit there and I think about how how my funeral is going to look? Definitely. You know, who's going to show up to the funeral, how my eulogy is going to be read. um, What pictures are they going to show? You know uh what songs are they gonna sing? you know, then I start to think about things like my will, do I have a will in place? You know I start to think about power of a turn- you know I start thinking about those things um, so i I stay in acceptance it's just then it turns into a a thought pattern of well, what is it going to be like for me you know uh and so you know i have I have those thoughts, but again, when he started talking about like the first four, man, I, I've, I've just never gone through those. I've always just accepted it for what it was, you know?
1: That's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. Most, most people go through, even if they don't recognize it initially, mm-hmm. once they reflect on it, they do recognize that they've at least touched on each one of those stages of grief. Um. I think that goes to the planner in you. Like you, you're talking about how your mind goes. You done you don't already worked out your your funeral. You don't already worked everything out in your I mind. <laughs> I know
0: what I'm what I'm gonna put. I'm putting down what I'm gonna wear. <laughs> the song is gonna be played. Check this out. This, hey, check this out. He got the, the song,
2: production, and
0: everything, and all, <laughs> the song that the homies gonna play out in the car on blast oh. when they bringing me out in the oh, church gonna, to put me in the hearse. i
2: gonna look like Biggie out there. Hey, <laughs> I'm
0: telling
1: you, man. I done, I'm telling you, bro. I'm telling and, you, man. And y'all, and, and and the listeners, y'all wonder why uh, <laughs> the the main summit is the number one convenience for for black males. That that's why, because this man <laughs> is a planner by nature. Nothing gets Bio. This man is planning out his own funeral right now. <laughs> I'm telling you, um, but but I mean, and, and I'm laughing and joking about we are laughing and joking, about it, and it's and it's a and that's a good thing. Right. But there's also a downside of that because for someone to to do that to automatically go to acceptance is cool because you've learned to adapt and be flexible and just realize that things are what they are. But at the same time, in order to get there. That to me, that means your mind never stops processing anything, you never can truly rest like that. And am, am, am I off on that, Jay?
0: No, nah, because um, that's that's really been the knock on me. Um, uh, okay. is lack of rest, you know, as much as I might you know preach self care, you good, like I'm like to all of the listeners, you know, what I mean, like as much as I talk about you good, bro, self care, addressing issues and needs with Maine. A main summit, uh, kicking it with the fellas, you know what I'm saying. Having a a, a cigar session, uh, it don't matter. As much as I do it, and push it off on others, it's really me trying to tell myself like, you need to chill out. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying. And mm-hmm. so I'm one of those that I will I will be open and say that I don't practice what I preach when it comes to that. You know. Mm. Um, And so it's always, you know, you know, something's always going and I can't, and I can't sit still. I'm always planning for the next move, the next move. But in the process of it, um, it breaks my body down. It wears me down, you know? And so even now when we start talking about death and grief, um, it's probably by by default or unconsciously that I may be going through those stages, but because of, the planner in me the go getter in me the thinking about the next step you know I, that may be my way of dealing with it you know
1: so yeah and, yeah. and that's kind of what i was going to get to you you say you go right to acceptance but i guarantee you you go through some of those things and and mm-hmm. stop me immediately if i'm wrong with this but i know you've spoken about your your um, your journey with mental health and yeah. and You've talked about suicidal ideation and, and that right. kind of thing. You don't get to that point without going through a stage of depression. So when we talk about grief and loss, it doesn't have to be in the sense of grief and loss in the sense of losing someone. It can be grief and loss in the, in the sense of losing something important to you, or losing yourself, or you, or just something. Your expectations and your reality not lining up the way you anticipate. Um, and so I know you've gone through some of those other stages. If nothing else you have is a guarantee that you've gone through depression. Um, you may not have identified what triggered that depression or anger as something as grief or loss, but it still falls in that same continuum. Right. Yeah,
0: you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Um, and, and depression is something I deal with consistently. Um, it's, it's an ongoing battle, you know, um, you know the the what you might read in a DSM or what you might read in Google or you sit in a presentation and you hear about um, how you can go from days to weeks. I mean that is real. That is absolutely real. And I've been there. Um, and in that during that time of loss, I have gone through stages of depression. Um, I have, but I never tied it to the actual loss itself. Um, and it could have very well been, you know what I mean, as opposed to okay. it, me just me just connecting it to, you know, um, my diagnosis and my depression and uh, and, and as a trigger for my, for, uh, for
1: my disorder, man, you know. All right. So, so put a pin in it right there. We're going to talk about that. We're going to come back. We're going to uh, go to break real quick and we'll be back. All right, so we back. Um, we talking about jazz and your process of, of grief and moving through those stages. Go ahead right. and, and jump back in, man. Um, now
0: I was saying that I, I'm pretty sure that I've gone through the stages. Um, some of the stages within um, of grief, uh, especially with depression, man. Um, not really knowing that you know that my that the bipolar or the, the you know my diagnosis had triggered the depression. Me thinking it's just a normal routine. Um, depressive episode. You know what I mean. However, during that same time frame, you know, I could have been experiencing loss, um, and I could have been going through some uh, levels of grief, and it and it could have very well been me in that stage of depression. But I am so used to tying it to the recurring episodes of depression. You know what I mean. So it's very likely mm-hmm. that I had gone through it. So,
2: yeah, the energy. Um, interject- <laughs> The, the thing I noticed because I do run across people that death doesn't affect them, but so much. Uh, and still trying to figure it out all the way, but I believe it's got something to do with like your value system. I'm not saying that they don't value people's lives or value death, but it's just the way they're wired. But like you said, everybody goes through it because like for me, I handle death well. so like I've lost family members. I'm not really a heavy griever when it comes to loss of people in terms of them losing their lives. I grieve heavily in relationships. Like I go through the same cycles. I go through every stage and I hit them very hard when it comes to relationships. And it's probably because of the way I value my connection with people at that intimate level of the opposite sex or whatever. So um, mm-hmm. it's possible that, like you said, he um, jazz or whoever might not carry that heavy grief pattern for Lost, but then it might be a different area that he values something that that's where he can identify those stages where he hits it real hard yeah
1: and and again i think that the issues are connected so in your in your relationship or intimate relationship whatever it may not be lost in terms of death like physical death but it could be like death metaphorically speaking like or right. loss of that connection that you once had with somebody, whether it be because of um, lack of communication or infidelity. You know what I mean? It could be a lot of different right. things. So right. when you talk about loss, I don't think it has to be put in a box of, like, death, physical death or loss of a loved one physically.
3: Right. Like, you
1: can lose a loved one where you've lost a relationship with a loved one. Like, you may have had to cut a loved one off that you had a, a, a really meaningful relationship with. Um yes and you still go through those same stages. Like They're still alive, but you've made that conscious decision to like eliminate them from your life, but that don't mean you're not still going to go through those same um, stages of grief or loss, you know nice. what I mean? So I think it's we, we can't just put it in the box of death because it takes the, the meaning and, and the validation away from it. When we go through those stages, we still need to acknowledge them And like you said, sit with them. Like it's okay. It's okay to feel those emotions. Um, And I think as as males, especially black males, we get put in that box where we're not allowed to be able to sit with our emotions, and 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 that be seen as okay. It comes off as you soft. Or you might get a second where you can can grieve or shed a tear. But if it goes beyond that, like oh man, you're doing too much, or you soft. You know what I mean? (laughs) and right. and i'm and I'm a victim of that, and so it it tr- it's trickled down to to even me as a as a parent and so it's something that I've had to be conscious of so my two boys now I don't know if it's just age or whatever, but they they are really they can be really emotional. Um, of course it happens more when they're sleepy or something like that you know what I mean but um, they they can be emotional and so I've had to get away I have had to intentionally make myself stop telling them to stop crying or like shake it off type deal like so like what I've moved to now is I instead of like go to timeout or whatever the case may be. I know people feel some type of way about timeout or whatever, but timeout has a negative connotation. So I've designated a space, especially my two-year-old, like where he can go it's just his calm down or his chill out corner, where he can go and cry. Like, go there, cry, get it out of your system. It's okay. And then when you're done and you're ready to move on, then you come out and we can talk about it. Use your words is what I tell them. So I'm okay with you being emotional. I'm okay with you crying. But go ahead and do that in your safe space. And then when you're ready to talk about it, come see me. And then we can talk through it. And so I think as men, we need our calm down or our chill out corner. Like, I'm not bashing you for feeling, having your emotions and sitting with them and crying or whatever. You ain't got to cry. But be with your emotions. And that's cool. And then when you're ready and you want to talk about it and have a conversation and work through it, here I am. Come come, do that. And so I think that's okay, and I think we need to recognize that as something that we can do as men. And I really, on a grand scheme of things, I know that that's what UGB is. You know what I mean? That's what sure. that is. Right. And so I think that that's why this subject is so critical and, and great that we're talking about it because it speaks to the heart of what UGB and the main initiative is all about.
0: Well, let me, let me, let me ask this question here. Um, Cause when we're talking about grief and loss and death, you know, um, even when when you made reference to relationships, you know, even if it's a relationship that's no longer, you know, emotion anymore, how often have you all said, um, somebody asks you about you and such and such, you'll say, oh, man, that's dead. Yeah. You know, that's dead. That situation is mm-hmm. dead. Well, let me ask you, how, how is the grief process and how we process, rather, as men, stages of losing ourselves? You know, um, in times where, you know, we find ourselves in situations that are very unfortunate. And you look back at it and you're talking to, you know, um, you're talking to your man, and you say they asked you, so what happened? And your response is, I lost myself. You know what I mean? And so at what point do you have that kind of how how does that conversation flow with you with another man when he talks about well, I lost myself? Because the person that I was, uh, the values that I had in place. those seeds that were planted in me, um, way somewhere along the path, those things you know got got thrown to the wayside. So how do you how do you how do you how do you help another brother navigate them losing themselves? Well, that's Cause a, I got because I got another point that's gonna come along with this, but let's let's just get to this first. I got a question about that. Let me know.
2: I mean I'm, that's a that's a tough one, man. Like like for, now for me, so I'm gonna speak from two different. Uh, perspectives. So me, like growing up, just the guys coming at you and saying that first thing you're gonna do is try to put them in that mindset of man, forget that man, she won't nothing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You keep moving, yo. You got you, you can get whoever you want out here. Like let's go They're out liable. here, let's grab. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Let's go out <laughs> here, let's grab this. Let's blase blah. Let's grab a couple of drinks. We go holler at a couple joints. I got a joint that I can slide through, right. and we can. You know what I mean? But but from the the therapist side of me the first thing I got to do is I got to, I got to break that whole statement down and let them know like, okay, losing yourself is simply finding out that your validation points are wrong. That's all. Mm. That's, that's all that is. So you didn't lose yourself. You actually just, could, uh, part of yourself. you know what I'm saying? Like in the accentizing this conversation and I mean this topic and the previous topic, because like, the same thing I was saying. Like I started to notice as I was starting to grieve hard during relationships, at the end of relationships, the last serious situation before I got married, I really had to sit down and take some time on myself. And what I started to realize is I'm using relationships to validate myself. So as long as things are going good, as long as I have that person that tells me that I'm the most important thing to them, I'm important and I matter. Yeah. Wow. And, and once I broke that cycle, Wow. Things kind of lit up a lot, you know what I'm saying? So that man that says he lost himself, you ain't lose yourself. You literally discover the thing that's going to break the chain if you accept it and don't resist. And the acceptance is you're not happy with yourself. So what you got to do is you got to find somebody else that tells you that they're happy with you. And as soon as you find out that whatever they're telling you is not the full truth, because people can tell you, I love you, you're beautiful. But once you hit a situation where they say, whatever I said at the beginning of this situation is no longer, mm-hmm. then that's going to let you, that's going to help you to justify in your mind that, dang, I'm really not anything I'm not worth this in the third. But once wild, you can break man. that, oh man, sky's the limit. You got
1: me sounding like flavor, flavor. I keep saying loud. <laughs> <wild>, but... <laughs> <laughs> but that's, it, it don't get much realer than that. Facts, but it don't facts. get much realer than that. And so I, I can relate to that because like, that's why I keep, that's why I haven't been in my Flavor flavor bag. You saying, wow, because <laughs> it's like, it's like you have this ideal of who you are. And so it's defined within the relationship. And so when something happens that goes against that, it, it invalidates what you, that ideal. And so, it makes you question your character I feel like Thanks. someone else is questioning your character. Like, how can you feel like that after what I've done, like who I am or at least who I think I am. So then for me, I'm an introspective person. So I'm like, well, well maybe I'm not who I say I am. Right. And Thanks. then you start going through that process. First you, again, like you said, you go through denial, like you tripping. Like nah nah it's you I ain't got nothing yep. to do with that. I know what I do. Yeah. I hold my stuff down. That's me. I got this. Yep. And then you like then you get mad because you like, damn <laughs> maybe I ain't, I yeah, A. I A. I ain't. I yep. yeah, maybe you maybe it is something like that, but nah, I ain't gonna I ain't gonna go to it. You know, get that. And you go through those stages and then you get to that point again, like you said, you just accept like okay. There may be some truth in what that other person is saying, or and maybe often some instance, but I'm, you have to get okay. You have to become okay with who you are. Just understand, it's a process. Yeah. So, wow, wow, yeah. man. Every man. I got. I'm gonna use a different word because I'm yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's joy. It's,
2: it's but it's magical, and I love this conversation. I'll just say that, like, it's magical because. If, somebody, if you can flick that switch to somebody and let them know that it's a bigger picture, you get what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So it's just not about a relationship dying. You know. It's just not about we didn't work out. It's about, like you said, it's an it's a evolution. It's an evolution process. So I just learned something from this person. And when you can get to that point, you can forgive the person because you can be like, yo, if I didn't go through this, I would have never woke up. So I would have did mm-hmm. this five more times if I didn't go through this. But I appreciate mm-hmm. you for waking me up. Because I've been validating myself through people all my life. Mm -hmm. So now I can love somebody unconditionally and really be able to do that because their response has nothing to do with my work. Nothing. Right. And I tell people the way to look at that. Say that one more time, Ken. Say that one more time. So I can love somebody unconditionally because their response has nothing to do with my work. And I tell Mm -hmm. people, if you really want to understand the concept, which they're going to resist it if they're not ready to hear it, but think about your kids. Like, when you have kids and you really love your kids, man, those kids can do some bad stuff. But a real parent is going to ride for them, period. You're not going to sit there and try to divorce your kids. You're not going to sit there and try to break up with your kids because you feel like you're indebted to be a parent to them and love them no matter what. It's the same Mm -hmm. thing for a relationship. Now, if the person decides to leave, and hey, you can't stop them from leaving, but you can love through whatever you're gonna love through. And let me chill, because I'm getting in my man's counseling bag oh, now. Oh, man. So, so you don't gotta chill. I'm gonna relax. What you mean I'm gonna relax. What you mean <laughs> I'm gonna relax. But that's the idea. You know what I'm saying? And then from yeah. a spiritual standpoint, that's what agape love is. That's what exactly. you wanna shoot to. You wanna exactly. shoot to getting inside, doing what you gotta do, being Christ like, and all that good stuff. And if you do that, it ain't, but so many people that can deny that and walk away from that anyway. You get mm-hmm. what I'm saying?
1: So you're yeah. gonna be able to love through all of the tough stuff, through all of the bad. Mm-hmm. But that, that's that's real. That's real. And so, and and so, you talk about love and being unconditional. So, and and the and my the book I wrote um, for my wife, A Letter to My Queen, I talk about that in 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 the, in the preface and talking about how before we move forward into the book, you have to understand that love is love. It's it's almost redundant to say unconditional love. Right. Because love can't have a condition. There can't be a condition in which I do not love you. And so what that, to me, what that means is like, I can love you and still not deal with you on the same level Mm. because I love you. Like if we're in a relationship and you're a worse person than you were before, before it's been I can still love you but we can't be in a relationship because it's not helping you know what I mean so right right it's like there's no can you can't say it's not like love is can there is no condition on love you love somebody you love them Facts. that's facts but that doesn't mean that you have to stay with them it just means that you I love you enough to leave you alone <laughs> <laughs> that's what love can be
2: yeah
1: I love you enough to leave you alone
2: and and, oh, like. I, and I love myself enough to leave you alone. Correct, correct. That's what it is. Absolutely. It's a two-way streak. So, it's man, it's, it's a beautiful thing as you shoot towards it because we still going to deal with stuff from the past. So stuff is going to try to push oh, yeah. us up. But as long as you can keep your eye on the prize, that's how you start to work towards that fifth stage of acceptance. And you stay in that pocket. Boy, I know you helped
1: somebody out with that, boy. I'm trying to tell you. Revolution is it's meant for somebody. I know it. Shout out. I found shout myself out
2: my boy. in that. So I know I know you, I know you getting somebody else. Look, shout out my boy Adrian. Hey, did he? You know he's gonna love that I shouted about this joint, but shout out to him, man, because the first thing he said t- when we sit down and we talk to each other and we had these kind of conversations, first thing he always say is, Man, God give stuff to me first. He says God gives us stuff before he gives it to other people. So mm-hmm. the way I'm able to say that is because and I had to beat myself over the head with that information mm-hmm. until it worked. And now I can give it clearly, like I can give it to somebody else. But man, everything that I give out most of the time is for me first. Mm-hmm. Right. So tell,
0: shout out to A Diddy, man. He run the city,
2: <laughs> <laughs> my boy.
0: <laughs> so, 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 but when I hear you say that, then, then there also is a level of dying to self, then.
2: Oh,
0: definitely. Because then mm-hmm. you start looking at from a spiritual standpoint, or I mean, just you know, holistically, man. You know, there is a level of dying to self. So, what does that grief look like when you got to go through the process of dying to self? Because I can very well see the very these stages of grief when you're dying to self, Ooh. when you're trying to go from the process of you know. Of denial all the way to acceptance of yo, I do need to die to self in these particular areas in order for me to be exactly what the creator has created me to be. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. Oh, y'all y'all doing some right Woo. how we get here i love Woo. it
3: yeah. we're talking I about grief it. you know talking about
0: you talk about sitting in it you know what i'm saying right that's a level of anger and depression like you're going through it you gotta sit in it like my homegirl keisha man um shout out to keisha she's out in greensboro man and um she had gone through a similar a situation in a relationship, man, and she told me after she had came out, she was like, you no, know, why she was actually going through the process, she said, I'm just, part of my life, she said, I'm just sitting in my shit, man. She's like, I gotta sit in this shit, and I gotta oh, deal yeah. with this shit, you know what I mean? In order for me to come out on the, you know, on the right side of things, man. So, <laughs> you know, um, so, I mean, what, what is your take on the fact of Trying to the grieving, the grief process of dying to self. You know what I mean,
1: man. Dying to self is probably harder than any other death that there is. Facts. Because you talk Facts. about denial, that you gonna be in denial longer with dealing with death of yourself than you are dealing with death <laughs> of <laughs> anybody else. Facts. Because in your you battling your own ego, you like. Mm-hmm. Nah. Bro, I, this ain't really no big deal. I ain't really got, I can still manage. Like, I've been able to do all of this with still carrying this. And so I think that's like with addiction, with anything, like anything. Me, this ain't really that big of a deal. You know what I mean? And so you deny and you deny and you deny until you get to that point where you can't deny no more. Then you look at yourself in the mirror, you mad. Yep. You angry like that anger. Like, damn, I can't get away from it now. Like, it's me. Like, how did you let just how did I let myself get here? How did I let myself get here? How did I not see this? Like, are you kidding me? Everybody was telling me. I knew what I was, I felt like I knew what I was doing. How did I get here? Then you start bargaining. like, And depression might hit you before the bargaining part. Oh,
2: yeah.
1: Right. I feel like that bargaining and depression kind of go, they almost simultaneous. Like, you get so bad, you like, I'm depressed, like, all right, man. I'd do anything to get out of this state of mind. And so you bargain, and you get to a point where you just accept, like, I've been, and that's with any. You have to go through that dying of yourself, or or crucifying yourself in order to grow. You know, it's crazy. To that next level, man. You have to. You have to. you you know what's
2: crazy man like when you're saying that like I'm thinking of the other side and I'm thinking about the ploy of the enemy and how all of the conditioning that we go through over the years that's what dying to yourself is it's just Mm -hmm. peeling back that conditioning that the powers that be have tried to use to turn us into whatever they want us to be so you have to right you know it You have to die to the gangster mentality. You Mm got to die to the player mentality. You Mm got to die to the rich man mentality. Talk about it. You got to die to all of that, which looks good. Like, when you're growing up and you see these guys, they look happy. They Mm -hmm. look amazingly happy. All of this stuff has been pumped into your mind, so it looks good to the flesh. And you got to tell yourself, yeah, I'm going to turn away from that forever. It's the scariest thing to think about. Absolutely. I'm gonna turn away from your
1: whole life. Your whole what? perspective is based on that.
2: Right. I can't have fun no more in my mind. But if you really do the dying and you make the transformation, you start to realize the evils behind that. Mm-hmm. If you really become woke and start doing the research. But oh, that's scary. That's like a man walking down the aisle that ain't ready. He look, I'm giving up all of these and mm-hmm. you like, yeah, man. But it's beautiful on that other side if you really do it the right way.
0: Yes, and, and, and and that's that's the basis of the you know me me asking the question you know you know um like this past Saturday you know the uh we jumped back into ug uh, for August ugb convening and and the theme was silent screams and loud tears but the actual topic of it was you got to address that ish bro you know what I mean and dying <laughs> the self you like you gotta address that stuff you know um because without addressing it you will continue down on a path of, in a lot of cases, of destruction, you know? And sometimes you can become so content or you'll find yourself trying to justify what it is that you're doing. Mm-hmm. while All the while, there is always something tugging on you, you know what I mean? Um, it could be the Holy Spirit. It could be your conscience. It, it could be anything that's tugging on you, saying like, yo, you're going in the wrong direction. You're going in the wrong direction. You need to, you know... You need to kind of, you know, adjust yourselves and, and, and go in this in go this route because ultimately if 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 our creation is to serve others by fulfilling our kingdom assignments, then we gotta get in line with what the creator what Christ has put in place to say this is the direction I want you to go. Now, um, everybody might not agree with that. However, I know that I don't make, you know, I don't identify what the will is for my life, you know what I'm saying? It's his will. You know, my job is to fall in line and to be used. Um, so if that means that I got to die to self, then I need to do it, but I got to go through these stages though. You know what I'm saying? As many as often as people say, I just automatically just submit it and just die to myself. No, dying to yourself is something that happens over and over yeah. and over and over again, yes. you know? And so, um, just in that conversation of this past weekend, it just brings me back to the conversation from this past weekend, and uh we were talking about um, in in one case talking about the imposter syndrome, you mm-hmm. know what I mean, and how the imposter syndrome plays a plays a role in having to die to self where you know you have to die to the, those lies that you tell yourself mm-hmm. you know so it just kind of it just kind of brought me back to that place. To ask yeah, well, I mean,
1: boy, listen, you you talk about for the Bible thumpers out there and just talking about um the story of Jesus and how he went through the crucifixion and all of that. You tell me he didn't go through them stages of grief and, and you lying to yourself. Right. Um yeah. talk about um the mild stage or even the anger stage when you're like, Why you putting me through this? Like right. why why am I going through this to the all the way to acceptance? Like you <laughs> it it has to happen and i think that story is is it, it, bigger than what people think like it's more so it's not just like jesus dying for our sins that kind of thing It's more so about like what we have to deal with in our daily lives like you have to crucify your lower self daily yeah, yeah. in order to elevate you have to i think i, I know that that's what that is trying to depict on it like you have to kill yourself you have to die to yourself every day to your lower self in order to continue to elevate right true. and so the the stages of grief are are embodied in that in that process and, and acceptance is the the part where it manifests the the, the greatest where that's where you know you've elevated when you can accept what's happened and and move to the next level from there
0: so let me, let me ask you you brothers then um, when it comes down to grief is is what what do we tell brothers how to how to take care of handling loss and grief and going through the grieving process in a healthy way because i think that we think it's okay to Sit back, or as we're you know when we grow up, we you know, we talk about all of the different unhealthy patterns that we have to unlearn, you know, in order to you know properly deal with stuff in a healthy manner. So you got a you good bro that you can attend. Um, you got an opportunity to connect with the fellas, um, whether it's going out playing pool, you know, going bowling, etc. For those of you all who like to you know sharing sticks and cigars, um, it, it might be. Uh, like you know somebody who's into spoken word or rhyming you can like it gives you an opportunity to kind of get that out but at the same time you know what do we say what do we say to grown men what would you say to a grown man who has been taught for years to process it by don't say not saying anything you know what I mean or for that brother who takes it out on his wife physically you know um or for that one who um who mistreats their children or for that person who impulsively goes out and splurges, you know what I mean? How do you, how do you, how do you help people deal with that? You know what I mean? Because everybody deals with grief in different ways, you know. Okay. So I don't know what everybody's medicine is, but how do how do you help coach coach somebody through this? Can,
1: okay.
2: uh, I mean. <laughs> It's unique, man, because you're you trying to crack a safe. You're trying to crack a safe. If it's an older man, you're trying to crack a safe. This, that combination's been locked for years. So I got to see where they stand. Like, do they even see the issue? Because if they don't see the issue, it's going to be hard to crack them open. Mm-hmm. Um, but the first thing I'll do, they got to trust somebody. So, you know, I advocate for therapy. I've had some guys that really – didn't trust anybody, but when I got a connection with them in that office, they started to open up and talk about some things. So mm-hmm. they got to they gotta sit down and they got to talk about the feelings. Like, what are you feeling right now? Are you missing the person? Um, the first place I go is guilt. Do you feel guilty? Do you feel like you had any hand in, in them in losing them? Do you feel like you uh, didn't get to do something that you felt like you were supposed to do or responsible for before they left? Then I tell them, write it down on paper. If you don't want to tell nobody, write it down on paper. Write a letter as if you're talking to them. Um, and then there's other things that we go through the process, but I mean, that's the start. But they got to be willing to at least acknowledge that, hey, I got an issue. Because if, they, if they're really rigid and still, then they're going to say, I'm all right. I'm all right. And then, like you said, the anger going to keep showing. Or I see substance use a the lot. They're just going to drink, then I'm the pain. Or like you said, uh impulsive acts like spending and the female, but they gotta recognize it's an issue. I got a close friend that deals with the same thing, Um, had a loss of a relationship. And as soon as he came out, I mean, he was to the wall with alcohol every night, different female, every night, every night. And I'm like, bro, like you gotta slow down. And it's like, he recognized the issue, but then the denial part came in. It's like, I'm good, I'm straight. Like I ain't doing too much. I ain't getting connected to nobody, so it was hard to reach him. But kind of telling him like, "Look, when you're ready, you realize that this ain't the way. There ain't no productivity on the other side of this. And we got to sit down and we got to talk."
0: No, I don't mean to, and, and you know, I don't mean to cut you off because I, no, I, I have no, I have a question though. What is it about talking about it? Like that's one thing that I, I don't know about y'all, but and engaging with other brothers, it's like. What I gotta talk about it for? What do I need to talk about it for? If I ain't out doing what what it, if I ain't out causing no problems, if um if I decide to work on my motorcycle, if I decide to go hoop, if I decide to go lift weights, if I decide to you know work on the house. Why can't that be my grief as opposed to sitting down and talking about it? Like for those brothers who, 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 who are adamant about, I don't want to talk about it. What is the importance of actually talking about it as opposed to not saying those other activities aren't healthy ways to get it out, but is that truly addressing the issue? Not talking no. about it? Like, what's, what's up with... Th- let's talk about the communication. You know, br- brothers don't want to communicate. You know what I'm saying?
1: It, it's got to be a release, and then there has to be validation. That validation okay. from someone else about what you're opening up about mm-hmm. is the key. It's one thing for you to be able to do that in a vacuum or in isolation, but it's, it's not truly valid until there's somebody else there to to acknowledge that what you're feeling is is a real thing and it's okay to feel that way. That's just mm-hmm. my opinion. Like mm-hmm. you, you can feel like you want to feel in a vacuum all day, but until somebody else or something outside of yourself acknowledges that as being real, you can't really know that it's real. Right. right. So talking about it and then again having somebody there, they don't even got to agree with you. Or anything is just okay. I can see how that how you feel that way. Just it's just a simple acknowledgement to validate your feelings, so you know that outside of yourself, it's a it's a real thing.
0: Like, bro, I'm pissed,
1: and that's okay.
0: Yeah, I'll say, yo, she hurt my feelings,
1: and that's okay.
0: Right,
1: it's okay (laughs) to feel that way, and and nobody can tell you a lot. it's it's a protection method too because
2: I don't think people realize the subconscious for lack of better words acts like a lockbox so when you don't do that when you don't let it out allow somebody to help you process it your mind naturally stores it away and stuff like fear pain hurt, all of that like it tries to protect you against it so when you're I tell people, like, visualize it like this. When your lockbox gets too too packed, that's when explosions and stuff come down the line because you've been locking so much stuff away, you haven't processed anything. Like, I get a lot of people that deal with anxiety, um, and the root is grief that's unresolved, so complicated grief, and they can't sleep at night. They say, hey, I lay down for eight hours, but when I wake up, I'm still tired. Like, my mind never shuts off, and the reason being is because it's almost like your subconscious is overloaded. So you have to start processing that stuff. You have to start letting that stuff out. Um, and, and I know this because I've had these situations where mm. I've started to not process stuff and just try to bypass it. And it's like, nah, you got to chill. You got to take a couple couple weeks off of work. You got to sit down. Dealing with my separation, I had to do that. Because I was trying to run past it, work, 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 work. And I was like, nah, I got to sit down. So I took two weeks off. And I say, I got to sit down and find out what this really did, what I really feel about this. And I got to give myself a break from like just pushing stuff into my box because my box is overloaded. And it's still times where if I get too overwhelmed at work, I got to take a break, sit back, because I'm, I'm overloading myself with too many ideas, overloading myself with too many worries and things like that. So it's the same concept with the grief. If you don't, And you just go play ball, you just go this, that, and the third, you're going to overload that box. And you may not even know that the grief played a role in it, but you'll see it somewhere. Relationship, uh, work, situation, something, it's going to show up because the body's not built to, it's not meant to be like that. That's why when you get these rappers, they're most... A lot of them most create well, them them most impactful songs are the songs when they dig deep. And the ones you can tell, like the ones that make the best music a lot of times be the ones that be on all that, all them substances and stuff like that, mm-hmm. because they pour their life into that thing, but that's because they've been locking it in that box. Around the people around them, they don't trust them. So they let it out on there because that's their outlet and they just pour the whole box out. And then before you yeah. know it, you got to a classic album but yeah. they that over it
1: was life, out a lot of Bobby. your pain. Yeah. Right. Out of your pain. And, and so jazz, that makes me think about you when you were talking about how you just, you ain't not really acknowledging those stages of grief and how you just go from the grief, right. To acceptance. Um, I like, and I was saying before, like, I know you experienced those other things, but it's just displaced. So that anger may be, may be displaced or you may focus that into your workouts or whatever the case may be. And, and all of that. It's there, it just gets funneled or displaced into something else or manifest in a different way. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, 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 I, was, I, I agree because now as I sit here and I process it myself right now, um, let's just use anger, for example, um, in the process of, like, I'm constantly putting something together, all right? Now, granted, it might be something that I'm starting to put together that, that you might not see for two or three years, but the, the, the beginning the foundation is being left with anything that I do. It's a. I I'm convinced. And I've asked you guys this question is my bipolar, my, my superpower. And and you both have said, yeah. and, And, and I, and I'm in agreement about it. All right. Um, but because of it, I also go through the process of extreme, um, I, I will analyze and dissect myself. So we start talking anger. When I'm going through the process of well, or if I don't do it to the you know to um, to the measure of which I know I am capable of, you might not never even know it. And this is something that I might not even present for another, like I said, two or three years. I've already gone into a process of anger. You know what I mean? But that is Mm -hmm. because I'm a constant planner. And Mm -hmm. in my planning mind, I have no room for error, you know? And so I can go through the anger process. And then once I've gone through the anger process and recognizing that I know I could have done better in the planning process, that will in turn, I will say that that probably has triggered my depression in some ways Mm -hmm. because I know I can do better. And so, and, and then at some point, it'll hit me like, well, it's okay. You can treat yourself that way because you're trying to look at the end result. You know what I mean? And so there has been some cases where, you know, quiet is kept. That I've gone through some some, some tremendous dilemmas within myself um, about some decisions that I made in trying to plan something that I knew I probably shouldn't have took myself through, you know? Um, and during those stages, I have to tell myself like, yo, you have to stop doing that shit to yourself, man. You have to. And so there is like even a, in that particular journey, especially with the with the mental health, you know, um, concerns that I have, the issues that I deal with, you know, um, I'm like, yo, can I die to that? No. Can 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 that get? Can I get rid of that? Can I dead that part of me? But then there's the other part. that's like the other thing on the shoulder. That's like you don't
1: want to do that. All right, so we're going to end this segment, and we're just going to talk about um, just reflecting and, and what what can we give you all to help you all do. You've heard us reflect and talk about our own experiences with grief and loss, whether it's the loss of someone else or losing ourselves, or at least what we think is losing ourselves. So, um, can talk about what, what others can do or what we can do, especially as men, man, to help process through grief and loss.
2: Go see somebody. Individual therapy helps uh, because you're covered legally. They cannot let that information go. It's a non-judgment zone, but also group therapy. So like you said, you Good Bro is a great place for stuff like that. But like mm-hmm. grief, one of the most research, impact, one of the most impactful approaches that research shows is um, group sessions where you can get in there with other people who have like Uh, simply who have, like, uh, experiences or whatever, and they can tell you about it. Um, Y'all can talk about it. And one of the other things that people don't really talk about a lot is, like, memories of the person. So do memorials. Mm -hmm. Once you get to that point, doing memorials and doing things in their name helps with grief. That's something that research shows, too. Um, So, like, just doing those type of things, like, yearly, on the anniversaries on birthdays and stuff like that, doing things that's memorable and just rehashing the positive memories that you all hold. keep
1: keeping the ancestors alive, man. Exactly. Keep the name alive.
0: No doubt. Um, in my opinion, man, something, you know, some application is, I mean, I think King, I think you really summed it up, man. You know, uh, I think it's you know connection you know um being able to connect and align with uh, with some people that you trust um in a no judgment zone like a you good bro but also that one-on-one contact you know what I mean finding somebody that you trust um that you can sit down and you know you can share um death doesn't happen every day for everybody you know um but dying itself daily does you know And so we start talking about accountability partners um, to, to, to help you during that, that, that diamond self stage, Um, you know, because you, you know, you you want to be able to be the best that you can be uh, because once you're the best that you can be, then you could be the best that you can be for others. And so if you're somebody who, uh, who is married, who has children, um, is a caretaker or a parent, et cetera, you know, you want to be the best that you can be physically um, and mentally and emotionally to be able to carry, help carry, you know, carry the weight of those things, man, because those things aren't something that just, you know, just, you know, you can just continue to operate on fumes because they're dependent on you. So in order for them to depend on you to give 100%, you need to give yourself 100%. So, uh, and you being able to give yourself 100%, you got to be kind enough to yourself to, connect with uh healthy people um uh, be in healthy relationships um and be in relationships where you can be vulnerable and transparent
1: so yeah that's real so my my piece of um advice or just reflection on my own situation like I was talking about earlier in my parenting like that calm down or that chill corner like have that you need that for yourself where you have the space um a safe space where you can just vent and 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 let those emotions flow and sit with those emotions. So, my my <laughs> sit down and chill out corner is my car, but specifically that driveway, boy. It's something about that driveway, man. And you just pull up to the house That's and you different. just park and you just and you just <laughs> just release, like. And I pack it on both ends of the spectrum. Like I pull up and I'm just just so grateful. <laughs> for the things that have happened in my life and that are happening that you can see happening. It's just like I get overwhelmed with with just love and happiness and just pure joy and, and I'll just let some tears flow. I I'll, I'll keep it honest, especially if the right so, you know songs, boy. Oh, you, no. <laughs> yeah. That, Man, the, right, the music songs, video. We're made of the what? music video. What? <laughs> boy trying to tell you man so like on on the positive side but even on on that other side where you overwhelmed with just stress and just trying to trying to to die to self or just situations that are going on you feel like just out of your control man it's just like you pull up in that driveway in the car you just like just let that shit go man and and i've had moments like that and i mean it's just it's therapeutic it is just sit with it be okay with it it is okay it is okay to sit with your emotions and just and just be, right. and let it pass. When it's gone, let it go. Don't dwell in it. Don't dwell on it. Let it go, and and accept it for what it is. And and that's where the acceptance comes. All right. This is what the situation is. I kind of had a release. I'm good. So now let's move to that solution focused mindset and and go from there. And so so identify that for yourself. Find you. Figuratively speaking, a, a calm down, a chill out corner where you can be okay with sitting with your emotions and then got to be what nobody else can see and nobody got to know what's going on. Just let acknowledge it within yourself and then it will make it that much easier to acknowledge it and, and talk about it with someone. Else. So like I said with my son, it's okay. I, I understand that you're upset. I see how that why you would be upset by that. Have a seat, chill out for a minute, and when you're ready to use your words, come talk to me. We'll talk it through. The same is true for us. Pee right. so, with your emotions, man. Let it ride. It like yeah. Let it ride, and then when you feel like you can use words, to, uh, put it in words. Find somebody or identify your group, your UGB that you can that you can vent to, and go from there. No judgment on. Yo, before y'all close out though, before we, uh,
0: so what's y'all song though? What's your what's your what's your track that you throw on that you know that you know put you in that in that space you
1: know what I mean so so for me I don't know what it is because and and this is just me being transparent I really I don't like gospel music a lot like mm-hmm. to me a lot of it it just they just do too much they keep it going too much like it's some of it is, to me it just comes across like it's just not genuine but There's one gospel song, and there's a few that I rock with, but there's one. (laughs) It's hold on, I'm about to find it. I'm about to find it right now. You gonna play it? You gonna play it? (laughs) (laughs) Hold on. Was it one?
0: Was it one that y'all were talking about earlier in the year? Um, like then, like when the new year came in or something like that that y'all were on. Both of y'all were talking about it, like.
1: Uh, i don't I song. don't think I don't think A- so three. I don't even know if i don't, the, I don't the, remember the, the song goes i I can't find it, but the song goes he will work it out, I know okay. he will
2: yeah,
1: he oh, will. yeah. And, and, I know the and and so and so like again it, I don't know what it does, mm-hmm. I don't know why it resonates so much, but it does, so I'll pull up in the driveway. And that thing, just, it come on or it's, mm-hmm. it's playing. The tears are get to rolling, boy, and and, and it and can be, gates. it can, it, it just, <laughs> and I can't, I can't stop, I can't get to, and I don't try, I don't try, I don't try. And so it can be, like I said, it can be on the on the positive end, like it, it's just pure appreciation. And then it can be the part where it's just like I'm overwhelmed and I'm stressed, but. It triggers the face muscle to flex and like, I know it's gonna work out. I know it ain't got no, it, it has to. Right. And so then it might start in that dark space and then it moves into that appreciation for what I know is being worked out. Right. Right. That's okay. my song, Jay.
0: No doubt, no doubt. What's yours, Ken? What you got? got
2: two of them things. I got a new one. Oh shout yeah, out, shout out to A Diddy again. He put me <laughs> on to the second one. I came <laughs> not right. But uh, uh so the newest one is uh something has to break. So something is I don't know how the, the title is, but something about to break, I think maybe the title by uh Tasha Cobb. I mm-hmm. think shear is the uh name, but then the other one, and it's been like this since <clears throat> since the first time that I felt like I went to that next level spiritually, and man and I play it and it just do something to me. I be in the shower and that thing come on on the playlist. Uh-huh. Things turn on, boy, them tears turn on. <laughs> and I'm leaning my head on the shower just thanking them. Mm-hmm. And it's like in the midst of pain, in the midst of happiness, same vibe. Like sometimes it's just like, man, it's just amazing what, what I have. I'm thankful for the mm-hmm. circle that I have. I'm thankful for the family members that I have. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes it just be broken. It's like, man, it's hard right now, but they always, yeah. The tears come and the other mm-hmm. song that, that song is um Shekana Glory Ministries. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. by Shekana Glory Ministries. Those two. I mean, I got a whole playlist, but I ain't gonna get the people my whole playlist. <laughs> so all of them can activate it if I'm in that shower and I'm going in this yeah. presence. But those two. <laughs> Probably got the highest tier count. <laughs> I say it like that, like they—they pulled the, they didn't pull the most count. out. <laughs> oh God. Oh God.
0: And, and when we do the when we do the when we do the description, you know, what I'm saying of this, of this episode, we are gonna put all of these tracks of so all the listeners, We'll put the tracks who right. the artists are, so y'all can go back and y'all can have y'all moments just like we do. Man.
2: It's the Ted the tier jerker playlist. We're about yeah. to give you the tear jerker playlist.
1: <laughs> and, and and it always played like I'll play just let my album music like I just play. I just put all my songs on shuffle. And it just it always happened. It just play at the right time. And I just <laughs> don't be having to pull in that driveway, before I'm trying to tell you. Good, yeah. Good there it good. go. There it go.
2: What's
0: yours? Um, I got three, matter of mm-hmm. fact. <laughs> of them by the same uh artist. Um, they, they two gospel songs. Cause I'm like you, Stephen, I ain't a really big fan of gospel music like that, man. Like when I go to church and stuff like that, man, I, I'm, a, I'm a, I'm a, I go for the, for the, for the word, man. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? I go to get fed. Um, I'm not a big fan of gospel music. I do. I like it. I like it, but, um, I'm not like a huge fan of it. Um, mm-hmm. let's put it that way. But I do got two tracks. They from Greg O'Quinn. Um, one of them is called Uh-Uh Peace. And then another one he has called I Told the Storm. So, mm-hmm. um, those two. But my third one, um, I, I'm going to tell you, man, and this this joint got me through from the time I heard it all the way even still to now, man. Um, and it gives me a level of, of hope. But it also kind of takes me back of, you know, growing up, the things I had gone through, et cetera, man. It's, um. Is Ghostface, all that I got is you. Um,
1: I'm,
3: telling you man, I'm
0: telling you, that thing, man. That makes um, sense, too. Yeah, man, it, it's, it's man, that thing is, you know, the thing is, has moved and has moved me in so many different ways, man. And it, it kind of takes me to a place of gratitude, you know what I mean? If you're never, and, and for those who've never heard it, man, I highly encourage you to check it out. As well as all the other tracks that's list, you know that we've all mixed. Like a
2: super classic, boy. That thing's so
1: heartfelt. Yeah,
0: definitely,
1: definitely. All right, y'all. So we appreciate y'all kicking it with us. Um, for this, we we back at it, back out of retirement. So we appreciate y'all rocking with us. We hope this this episode gave you some some sustenance, some food, something to help feed your soul. Um, So we're we're back on our on a regular scheduled program, and so this is one, and we'll be back again here shortly um, with another episode. But we just felt like this one was fitting to get us back into a rhythm, but just also because I'm sure, like I said, it's relevant to everyone at some point in time, but even more so right now, even whether or not you experienced death of someone else or. Trying to to die of yourself or things that you want to get rid of within yourself, um, especially being in quarantine or shut down or like You've had a lot of time with yourself.
2: Exactly. exactly.
1: So exactly. you've been able to identify <laughs> some things that you don't like about yourself. Um, maybe some things that some people have told you, and now you are out of that denial phase <laughs> and you're ready to move into acceptance. So we hope you were able to get something out of this. Um, and we'll actually be looking for your feedback um, later on after this episode is published to get some feedback from you that maybe we can um, continue the dialogue in another episode or just in another form, another outlet. So uh, stay tuned. We appreciate you. Uh, tell somebody and have them tell somebody else about what we're doing here with UGB and the podcast and, and everything that the main initiative stands for. So, Stephen McGee, we're going to wrap it up with that. Ken, Jay. And, man,
2: just look, y'all make sure y'all subscribe to the uh, podcast. And if you got any feedback, any questions or um, anything, any topics that you think that you want to see us cover, let us know. Um, hit us up. I believe in the description. It's got all of our uh, tags, like our social media tags and all the contact information. Um, hit us up. Let us know. Most
0: um, definitely. on to what? Um, both of you brothers just said, I uh, will go ahead and throw the plug out there. Um, we had a change in the uh, main summit. So, the main summit 2021 will take place February 11th, 2021. Um, scheduled to be face to face at the Greenwood Convention Center. And um, what we're doing is going, we're in the process of being able to make that. Event face to face and virtual. Um, the, the pandemic it has us living in a state of unpredictability, but it ain't gonna stop the planning process to be able to provide you with the number one summit uh, for Black males. So
1: number one convening,
0: definitely, mm-hmm.
1: definitely,
0: hands down, and that mm-hmm. shots fired for anybody who hears it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so at yeah, your neck mm-hmm.
3: for sure, for
0: sure. <laughs> so uh, be on the lookout. Um, for more information about call for proposals, sponsorships, vendor information, volunteer information, um, et cetera. So, um, but yeah, so just be on the lookout.
1: That's all we got for y'all tonight, man. And another one, like Dallas said. For
0: sure. Let's keep the conversation going, brothers. Peace. Peace.
3: Peace, family. The UGB team, Stephen McGee, Kendra Joyner, Jasmine Spain, we just want to thank you for your support thus far, whether it be you just listening, whether it be financial support, whether it be you sharing our posts, whatever the case may be. Our goal is to reach and impact as many people as possible, but specifically men and men of color. Everything we do on this podcast and our face to face meetings is geared toward empowering men to be better be better fathers be better husbands be better sons and so with your support we plan to increase our outreach uh, we plan to take our face to face meetings on the road and be able to expand the reach of our podcast and our face to face meetings globally any support you give is much appreciated if you want if you feel led to lead to contribute financially there's a link in every description of the episode that you can click that will allow you to contribute financially especially if you're listening on the Anchor platform. UGB and the Main Initiative is a 501c3 organization, so all your uh, (coughs) contributions can be tax-deductible. Again, we appreciate your support, and anything you you do contribute will go towards furthering the mission of UGB and the Main Initiative. Let's keep the conversation going. Peace.